0: And now, before we officially begin this week's episode of the BoochCast, I have something very important that I need to discuss with all of you here at the BoochCast Nation. As you know, for many years now, I have been affiliated with a wrestling company called Universal Championship Wrestling. And the company is run by a gentleman by the name of Ronnie Gossett. I've known Ronnie for close to seven years now, and... And anyone who knows Ronnie like I do knows what a bright light he brings with him everywhere he goes. Sadly, his declining health has added to the intense depression that he's fought since losing his daughters in 2017. Ronnie, in addition to being a wrestling promoter, also uses his musical gifts to spread joy to everyone around him and invest in his community every time he has the opportunity. Ron's health has begun to severely affect his quality of life and his ability to function independently. After being hospitalized, he has been advised by doctors that he doesn't have the one to two years it would take to get his health under control. However, there is a solution. Ron can get through this physical trial and thrive if he is able to raise the funds for a life-saving surgery. There is so much hope for his life, there is so much joy left for Ronnie to spread, And there are so many more fun nights he gets to create. Fighting diabetes that is out of control, coupled with blood flow issues and coronary heart disease, has brought intense pain to Ronnie's life daily and made even the most simple tasks incredibly difficult. He is losing the ability to work and provide for himself. Ron has been involved in the professional wrestling industry as a wrestler and a promoter for over 20 years with events that entertain many. And also makes a living traveling throughout Georgia and South Carolina, facilitating karaoke and using his singing talent to entertain and inspire others. Ronnie will wear the mask of I'm okay" forever and is the last person to ask for help. Trust me, I know this from experience. I love Ronnie to death, but he is a stubborn bastard and he will never ask for help. He has needed friends to help him get to and from events in recent weeks, but struggles with shame, embarrassment, and believing that no one cares about him. His life matters, and it can be saved. Any amount helps. A surgery will save his life and give him the opportunity to live many more years blessing the lives of others, even reconnecting with his children in the future. And that is why I'm encouraging everyone to go to the GoFundMe page that we have on our BoochCast Facebook page. And donate whatever amount you can to help him raise the money he needs for this life-saving surgery. The goal is to raise $15,000. Now, as I mentioned before... Every little bit helps. So you're not required, obviously, to donate thousands of dollars if you don't have that kind of money to throw around. But every little bit that you can give helps. And just to show how serious I am about this, I personally, Vinny Bucci, have donated $50 to the GoFundMe campaign. And I'm doing it for two reasons. One, because I consider Ronnie a dear friend in addition to a coworker, and I desperately want him to get better. But the other reason is to show all of you, the Cast Nation, that I always practice what I preach. And the one thing that I always preach to you guys is that I never, ever, ever, under any circumstances, ask any of you to donate money to any cause that I myself am not willing to donate to to so go to gofundme.com slash saving ron's life i will have links to this on the boochcast facebook and twitter page for you guys to easily access and donate whatever amount you can every little bit helps no matter what it is don't feel like if you're donating a small amount you're not contributing you are helping us to reach this goal Let's help Ronnie get back on his feet and get him the life-saving surgery he needs to thrive and provide and live a long and happy life.
1: I've tried, 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 and I've tried even more, I've cried, 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 and I can't I push, I build, I beg, hope it's some success. The inevitable fact is that it never will impress. I've no more fucks to give, my fucks have all run dry. I've tried to go fuck shopping, but there's no fucks left to buy. I've got no fucks to give, the more fucks I've tried to get. I'm over my fuck budget, and I'm now dead. Well, I strive, strive, strive to get everything done. i play played by all the rules, and I very rarely won. I've smiled, I've charmed, I've, been, I've laughed, alas, no avail. Oh.
0: That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We are back with a brand new episode of the Boochcast. Party on, Vinny. Party on, Elvis. Uh, this week's episode. You know, I've mean, got so much going on. I have not been able to think of a title for this week. I, I don't have one. I'm kind of stuck. Elvis, you got a title?
2: Um, uh, yeah, I got a good one. It's called um. It's called Zach's Red Pube.
0: <laughs> okay. This episode is entitled Zach's Red Pube. Why? Um. It just is. That's what it is. It's
2: only. It's just a little prick that kind of just pisses you off when you see it. It's kind of like, oh, there's a red pube. Oh no! No, my God, no! We weren't ready. We weren't ready. No, just just get it out of there. Just blow to the toilet. <laughs> ah, disgusting.
0: Ah, oh, weird. Anyway, um, but yeah, so we are back, ladies and gentlemen. Um, it's been one hell of a crazy week. Um. Hopefully this week we got everything back on track. Um, last time we spoke to you guys, we were recapping uh, AEW. Um, I admit, the wrestling, we were a little late to the dance this week. Uh, just a lot of crazy shit went down.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, um yeah, it was my fault. I completely forgot to do the AEW uh, thing, whatever. And then I got was, um, Desmond. Desmond had his own little thing going on. So we kind of screwed the pooch on that one. So, sorry, guys. Uh, we'll try to do better next time. Maybe. Cross our fingers.
0: <laughs> yes. Uh bear with us, like I said, we're just we're just now getting back from the long winter break. You know, we're like this is only our second week back officially. So, you know, there's bound to be a few little hiccups and bumps in the road. But they're up there if you still want to check them out from NXT and AW from last week. We'll have the stuff out to you uh this week as well. And we got plenty of other great content coming your way, as I have said many, many times before. In fact, uh just just this weekend, I was just finishing up uh getting the uh, the last episodes of Dark Side of the Ring out uh, before May 6th. So uh, this week, you'll definitely hear the uh, the slap heard around the world with uh, Dr. D and John Stossel. That's going to come out.
2: It be an- which oh, is it- going to be amazing.
0: Oh, yeah, it's going to be amazing. Uh, we have, um, and then, of course, uh, the Herb Abrams and the UWF. Uh, at the time that we're taping this, I'm just about done with that. And then the one after that that I still need to edit is going to be uh, The Last Ride of the Road Warriors. It's also coming out. And then once we're done with that, we just got Owen Hart. And then we move on to to the season three where Brian Pillman will be the first one. We know that for sure. Uh, We just don't know when. As far as the order of the other ones, we don't quite know yet. Now, I'm going to warn you guys. uh, Brian Pillman is going to come out, but it's going to be a bit late because that week uh, I'm going to be shooting the uh, season finale of the Going Live show. We have our season finale coming up in two weeks. Or a week uh, at the time this yeah. is, yeah. Because as you guys know, I've been doing this uh, sketch comedy show, the Going Live show. Um, it's basically, it's like, it's like a, ver- it's like, it's like, it's like a modern day version of In Living Color in a way. Uh, I know Elvis has seen the majority of the episodes.
2: Have you? Um, uh, are you guys coming back at at a certain point, or are you guys just waiting? Or what's going on?
0: Um, I don't know for sure yet. I'll probably find out everything that week. But I think once this season's done. I think we're going to be shot they're going to start shopping it to the networks and getting it out there. Um and I think that once it gets if it gets picked up, we'll probably have a second season, you know, and probably okay. have more episodes. So I thought we were going to have more because I was hearing different stories about different sketch ideas that we were going to be doing, but I guess they'll they'll happen in season 2. But uh for now that's where we're at. I just we just had the one that came out uh uh last week. I did um I was in the Hood exorcism and the National Spades League <laughs> was the one that I did this week. Um,
2: yeah, all the tattoos on your face and your arms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow, that's pretty ballsy.
0: Oh yeah, the lady with the eyeliner like just she uses she used eyeliner. She's like a, she's like an a, a artist. She literally drew those tattoos on, and they were just like everyone was pitching ideas for like what they should put on me and stuff. So it was kind of crazy. And then and then we did the hood exorcism, which. That took forever to shoot because we kept we kept falling out laughing at Dex who was like tied on the bed, <laughs> <was a> freaking, <laughs> like because he, he would start improvising and I like that's why when you see me in the sketch if you see me put the book or my hand over my face I'm trying to look like I'm, I'm terrified like I'm horrified at what he's saying but really I almost bust out laughing like three times.
2: I bet. <laughs> like is
0: it, like like when he's in there with the stripping, he says he's like he's improv out of nowhere go the way you work it and I just put my hand up because my i was literally about to fall i was literally about to hit the floor laughing it was the funniest shit i've ever seen
2: wow and then well obviously you guys have to wait for everybody to get back on there and um you know see if it gets picked up and kind of go from there that's um that's pretty cool i hope it gets picked up hopefully um i mean it's here in atl so they can still run another show or maybe anything i don't know i don't work in the show business i watch it it.
0: Yeah, it's um, it's one of those things where unless you're like Tyler Perry or or something, you kind of have to you have to do the work and then shop it out to people. You know, like 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 if you're at a Tyler Perry level or something, you can walk in just pitch a show and they'll say yeah, and just buy it because it's Tyler Perry. But you know, everybody else, you have to you have to actually film it, work on it, have the whole concept. You got to have something to show them. That's that's unfortunately what the business is. You got you to gotta do the work before they'll buy the show. And you're hoping they'll buy the show. And I, I have no doubt that they will because with every single episode that's come out, and again, Elvis, you know this because you've been in the chat rooms when it's been live. Not one person has bad-mouthed any of the sketches and not one person has bad any of the talent. The only oh negative views we got were from the streaming tech issues that we were having.
2: Other than that, no, we, no, we that's just it. No, the only trouble we really had on the show was um, sometimes the audio didn't match up, whatever. But that was like some small technical stuff from the very beginning. You guys clean that up. So I mean, other than that, though, I mean, it's a new show. I mean, you can't sit there. You wish everything would be perfect, um, but at the same time, it's kind of hard to kind of do that, you know?
0: Exactly. And plus, I was reassured because I was um. I was like talking to my boss about it because uh, because he's he's been very supportive in allowing me to you know be flexible with my schedule so that I could, you know still work my hours and do this show. And he kind of and we were talking about it, and he said he said, well, just so you know the net most of the net, as long as they can show them the sketches, like because because we, we taped a lot of them. So we have we have like copies of the sketch. So he said, as long as they uh-huh. can show them the sketches, the tech stuff most networks aren't going to worry about because when they when they pick up the show, they're going to use their equipment. So they're not really going to care that much about the stream about the, about any streaming or tech issues as long as they can show them sketches and it showcases how funny you guys are, they'll pick it up. And once he said that, I felt much better about it.
2: Uh, it's just a waiting game at the standpoint, too, you know, have something to base off of, you know. Cuz I think it's like you watch a lot of TV shows and first is when you watch like the first season of any TV show, at first it looks kind of weird because like the you know, the money's not there yet, but once it goes on there, it's different, you know.
0: Yeah, plus you're plus you're developing the characters and you're getting to know everybody. So, it's really like an awkward like like if you like if you watch like the last season of a show, any TV show, and then you decide one day you're going to binge again. Like you go back and watch the first season, you see the difference in every character. You see the behaviors different. The delivery of the lines is different. Everything is different because they've built up such a rapport over the seasons. The chemistry gets stronger,
2: if right. that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I mean, that's how it is, too, because the first year I was trying to just get the job and try to make those characters come to life. Once when they, when they say, oh, you've been picked up, then it's like, okay, cool. Let's let's develop. Let's get better. Let's do whatever. You want to get better the first time, but it's hard to build chemistry within a couple of weeks. I mean, you have something, but it's not, like, you know, all there. So, um, I mean – I mean, we've been doing the show for quite some time. When I first joined the show, I was I was garbage. So, I mean, it might be better right now, but you know, it's better than it was four years ago.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah, I mean, well, you definitely are because you've been able to. When I'm not here, you've been able to take the lead on shows. That's that's an improvement right there. The fact that you can at least you know how to the fact that you know how to lead a show now is a is a big step because you know some of the other guys that I've had on the past haven't been able to do that. You know,
2: or like what, two, three hours before, yeah.
0: Yeah, like it was. You know, we used to have like we used to do live three hour shows like a day.
2: So yeah, that's right. We used to do that. We used to have people call in too. That's right.
0: Exactly. I mean, if we, you know, if we ever decide to go live again, maybe we'll do the callers thing again. But since everything's taped right now, can't really do the callers thing unless there's some kind of like app we could find where people called us in advance or something. I don't know how that would work. I've seen. I know some people do that. I, I don't know if we have the ability to do that, but if we ever went live again, we would 100% take calls if we could ever go live again. But I think with, uh, yeah. I think with our, with all of our current schedules doing a live show at the same time consistently, I don't think it would work. That's part of the reason I went back to be, I went back to having the show taped. That way we can, you know, get the shows out in a timely manner, you know, when our schedules can
2: collide. Cool. 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 Well, um, Vinny, we got quite a few things, a uh, couple of topics. I know you got a couple things to go over. I got a couple of things to go over. So uh, since you are a fearless leader, I'm going to let you uh, take over at uh, first. And um, what is our topics for today? What are we going to sit there and educate the world on today?
0: <laughs> well, the first thing we have to talk about, and that's because we addressed this briefly. Uh, we talked about it amongst ourselves. We talked about it a little bit during the AEW recap, but we didn't go too much detail because we want to talk about it today. But um, one year to the day – that WWE released more than 20 wrestlers during the pandemic. We had the massive budget cut where all the wrestlers got let go. One year to the day, we've had now a new list of wrestlers who have now been released from WWE. They've now done a whole thing again. And the list of wrestlers, and, we'll, and I'm going to get the whole list and we'll go through each one. Uh, Samoa Joe has now been released. Billy Kay has been released. Chelsea Green has been released. Mickey James is gone. Tucker is gone. Kalisto is gone. Wesley Blake is gone. And of course, Bo Dallas and Peyton Royce. As of now, all these wrestlers have been released from the oh, WWE. It's been
2: updated. It's been updated. Let me go through a list real quick. We have uh, Lars Sullivan, thank God. Uh, Steve Cutler is gone. Well, Big Show, he was released, but we all know what happened to him. Andrade, uh, Moho, Raleigh, Blake, uh, Wesley Blake, Bo Dallas, Kalisto, Tucker, Chelsea Green, Mickey James, Aid Royce, Billy Kay, and Samoa Joe. Damn. <clears throat> um. So Vinny, with the situation we have on here, I'm gonna go through a list on that's on here, and I wanna let you know, I want you to tell me AEW, Impact, Ring of Honor, New Japan, or they're gonna seek careers somewhere else. Let's start off with the obvious. Let's start off with the true superstar. Now, all these guys are superstars, but when it comes to star power, Samoa Joe, what are your feelings? Where is he going to end up uh, less than 90 days from now? Because it's been like, you know, already about a week or two since it's been out. Where does Samoa go and why? Um,
0: I would have to say Samoa Joe. This is a tough one. I'm going to say AEW because I feel like Samoa Joe can still go in the ring. And I feel like in a perfect world, I feel like all these guys are AEW eligible. But I think that if AEW wants to bring star power to their company, and again, notice I said star power, not just a wrestler, Samoa Joe is the guy you want to bring because he can still go. Mm-hmm. He's, he's been a star on WWE, and even though he hasn't been wrestling in a long time, he's been on TV consistently. So he's still a name. That's fresh in people's minds because he's been at that broadcast table. He was at WrestleMania in the poncho with Michael Cole when they had the rain delay. So he's been on TV. And he would be a great asset to AEW's roster as far as star power. My only hope and prayer is that when Joe steps into that ring, he is the Samoan submission machine and they don't give him stupid comedic bullshit to do. Just let him be the Samoan submission machine and leave him alone.
2: Do not try to put
0: I, him I, in any of your goofy shit.
2: I agree completely. Uh, there's, I mean, I like your standpoint. I like him going to AW. I think he'd be a good addition. This is the way. This is the the, the trajectory I'd like for Samoa Joe to go. I'd like him. To, I'd like him to go to New Japan first. I'd like him to go to New Japan first and uh, do his little the same way Moxley did. You know, when he went over there, and Jericho did. I'd like, I like Samoa Joe to get some notoriety somewhere else and just be like the Samoan submission machine. You're absolutely right. But then from there, I'm kind of torn because, man... I think he'd be great in AEW, but I mean, it's kind of hard because I'd love him to go back to Ring of Honor because that's where he made his notoriety, but if he was to go to AEW, he would be killer. I don't know who could touch him then. I don't know who would be able to touch Samoa Joe over there. And it could be a big change, and I don't think he's going to do anything comedic. If he's if he's the one who's in charge of his own destiny, especially in AEW, I just don't know. I, I mean, I could see him feuding with Rusev since Rusev's on his killer new thing, whatever. So, I think, yeah, you're right. AEW might be a good fit, but I'd like him, I'd like him to go to New Japan first and make some waves across the sea and make him reach over here so when he does come over here, you, you hear the rumblings, you watch the videos from New Japan and then make his way back to the United States and just torture, kill, and massacre everybody in AEW. Absolutely.
0: Okay, so uh who's the next Who's the next person on the list?
2: The next one I'm going to do, uh, I'm going to do a double. I'm going to have uh Billy Cade and Peyton Royce.
0: With Peyton Royce? I would probably put her in AEW. And the reason I would put her in AEW is because right now uh, she's currently dating Sean Spears, for those who may not know. And so it'd be, it'd be, a, it'd be a, a more fitting place for her to go. That way they have the same schedule, they can travel together, it's less drama, you know. So from a relationship standpoint, I would definitely go that route. Plus, we have seen a dramatic change with the women's division. And, you know, Elvis, you and I have said from the get-go with AEW, and when we went to the live show last February, everybody that was waiting in line agreed with us 100%, so we know we're right about this, that the women's division was their weakest link. It's been the worst thing about AEW. The tag team division was their bread and butter, best thing on the TV. They had the best tag team division, but the worst women's division. But with with the match with the... You know Thunder Rosa and, Pey- and uh, Britt Baker and with what we saw with Ty Conti and Sheeta we now see great growth in the women's division they need women who can wrestle and can work and can talk and Peyton Royce has proven that time and time again she's always been the better worker which is why when the Iconics broke up I wanted them to strap a rocket ship to her back and the fact that WWE didn't do that was stupid on their part now as far as Billie Kay goes uh, I don't know if she should get a contract anywhere because she He's terrible, but if I have to pick a promotion, I would probably pick, I would pick Ring of Honor, but I don't know how they, but they don't, they don't do much with the women there, so I don't really think that would be a good route for her, so I put her in Impact Wrestling, because I feel like not a lot of people are watching Impact, except for the occasional AEW fans who like Kenny Omega, Uh, so, but, but Impact's not getting a lot of attention, and also I feel like Impact's a good place for her to go to get better at her craft she needs to get better at wrestling she needs to get better at talking i feel like impact can provide that education for her and once she get improves maybe someday she could come to aew maybe wwe might bring her back one day but i feel like that's the route she needs to go Peyton needs to go to aew i would put billy Kay and impact
2: yeah i mean i kind of see that too i mean impact's got a good woman's division i know you haven't been watching impact for a while um, but impact's been really good. The Women's division's really good too. Um, um, I can see two ways Peyton Royce, AEW, obviously. I can see Billy K and Peyton Royce all joining Impact. Um, I think it would probably be a good transition. So those are my two picks on there. Um, Peyton Royce over at AEW, or if you're gonna take both of them as a duo, I'll put both of them on impact, you know, and literally just make an impact going in there. So
0: <laughs> absolutely. Okay, so who, what's the next one?
2: Uh we got mickey james and chelsea green
0: Ooh, okay first of all why is mickey james been released fascinate that why like you you can't tell me it's because she's too old why is it you have an incredibly talented woman who can educate the other women on the roster is a mentor and can work and not only that deserves a run with the title if for no other reason than to put star power behind your belt Mickey James, it's a this is a good one because um again I'm gonna say Mickey James I sent her to AEW because she again can be a woman that you got if you're gonna send her to though you got to put the AEW women's title on Mickey James you cannot have her on that roster and not have her have that belt because she, again. It puts a legend, it puts iconic star power behind your titles. Like I said, they've had three champions thus far. And as talented as Hikaru Shida is, she's not a legend. She's not a star. You need, we need a star to put on that belt. And Rio sure as hell wasn't a star. Uh, Nyla Rose, eh, not her either. Um, if anything, she put bad publicity with that belt. But I feel like we need a star for your women's division. You don't have a legend in that division, Mickey James can be that legend. And she can also mentor and educate these other women in a way that like Chris Jericho can do for the men, Mickey James can do for the women. You need somebody there that can that's willing to coach you, educate you, and teach you things. You have an experienced woman who's been on live TV, which again, that's a thing a lot of these guys need to learn. Part of the reason that a lot of big stars who get signed from other promotions get sent to NXT is because they don't know how to work live TV or cameras, and that's where they go to learn that shit. So when they go to the main roster, they're ready. That was that was the thing with Finn Balor. He started off. In NXT, even though he was Prince Debit and he was fucking great, he didn't he didn't know how to work. He didn't know anything about hard cameras. He never understood how to react a certain way or do a certain entrance or stand a certain way so the camera can pick you up. He went to NXT to learn that shit. By the time they put him on the main roster, he knew exactly what he was doing. So they need that education. Mickey James can provide that. As far as Chelsea Green goes, ah, that's another tough one because sure
2: because she's dating Matt Cardona or she's married or she, they're engaged or something or they're dating though. So I. Think- think she might be impact abound you know Ooh, mickey no, no no mickey no sorry no chelsea green sorry
0: oh okay because i hadn't said chelsea green but yeah she might go back to impact i know she did great down there she was like uh lauren van ness i think her name was she was it was the twisted bride after she got dumped uh by the blade of all people <laughs> But um, so th- there's there's something you can do with Chelsea there. I wouldn't quite put her in AEW yet, but WWE was also wrong to get rid of her because I felt like she was ready. She was ready. She had she had all the tools. She was ready to go. It was a bad move. But yeah, I probably send Chelsea Green to Impact for a while, and then eventually maybe transition her later to AEW. But um, yeah, that's what I would do with them.
2: Yeah, making James is a good fit. The only thing I disagree with you on, I wouldn't make her champion. I would definitely make her backstage, like bring her on for some on screen stuff, whatever. But most just be a mentor i don't need to see a belt on mickey james because i don't want to have i don't want to say it the wrong way but i don't want to have like xwe people coming in and just taking like the titles you know i'd rather them develop people because she can sit there like stop a match and put people over and learn you know the tricks of the trade especially for the women's division should be a great addition to it but i don't think i mean is she is she deserving yeah she's a hall of famer you know she's oh she's not a hall of Famer already she's gonna be um she's great but at the same time uh she doesn't need a championship around her waist to make her significant if any stretch Imagination. Mickey James is Mickey James. We all know her. So I don't think she needs to do uh anything else as of right now. So I'm going to see what that. I wanted to go to um AEW as a coach and just to teach people certain things and still be an active wrestler from time to time for like, you know, big women brawls or something. But that's about it. Not for a championship. Just simply just to wrestle and uh, help the up and coming, uh, you know, kids you know, grow up and become the future of the of the promotion.
0: Okay. I see that point, but just, just to clarify what I was saying in case there was a in case I in case it was a misunderstanding, I wasn't talking about elevating her with the title. I was talking about elevating the title itself and whoever beats her for it. That's where I was going with that. Okay,
2: I see it. I see. I see.
0: That that's what I was trying to say. She just Mickey James doesn't need the title. The title needs her. That's what I was trying to say. But anyway. So
2: um, the next ones are gonna be pretty simple. I'm just gonna go through a couple of them. Uh, Tucker, um, I don't know. I'm not sure what we're gonna do with it. Where do you think Tucker's gonna land? I, I don't know. I don't see. Any, you see any stock in Tucker going anywhere right now? Is he taking a hiatus? What, is, what do you see with him?
0: Uh, I see. I see no value in Tucker. But if we gotta pick one, maybe ROH. Just because. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe ROH. Maybe. What but, about
2: Callisto? Uh,
0: well, Callisto. <laughs> I could see him going to either Japan, probably, probably New Japan, but I know AEW would want to s- swoop him up because he's a cruiserweight guy and he does a lot of the circus stuff that they enjoy. So I I know Tony Khan would chuck out some couple ducats to get him on the show, but I would put him in Japan. I feel like Kalisto would do better there
2: in New Japan. What about uh, Bo Dallas? Wow. Bo <laughs> Dallas. Well, let me let me take this one real quick. Bo Dallas. I'm not sure why, but it, it, for me, it seems like a right fit. I would like to see him on Ring of Honor. Really? I don't know why. I just seem like it'd be a good fit over there. I mean, like he's kind of been like miss mis- under um underutilized. Um, you know, he was like the like uh, he was like the NXT champion to the rain, rain roster didn't really do stuff he fought it for a while had a couple of things going back and forth and then he just he's been stagnant and I think he needs to do like a Cody Rhodes where he's to find himself get himself over and then eventually work himself back up hell I, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind seeing him on an NWA um tell you the truth wow but I don't know I don't know which route we're gonna take but I'm, I'm taking the NWA slash ring of honor route for Bo Dallas because he's got good he's got I mean he's He's a great wrestler. He's got a great name. Obviously, he's, you know, he's uh, related to the Rotundos, like uh, Bray Wyatt, um, Mike Rotunda. Um, So his, his name's got value. Um, but he needs to build himself back up. So I think Ring of Honor and NWA would probably be the best bet for him.
0: I like it. I mean, that would probably work. I mean, if I mean, from from a personality standpoint, I could see him an impact just because he he has he definitely has a personality. So like, I feel like Ring of Honor is for people that are that their personalities like kind of in the middle. Obviously, EC three is an exception, but um, I feel like. Bo Dallas, I could see him doing that. I would if he had the opportunity to go to Impact. I would tell him to take it because I feel like personality wise he do well there. But if not, NWA and um, ROH would be another thing for him. So who we got now. Oh, the
2: next, one, the next one we have now is uh, Wesley Blake. Uh,
0: probably NWA or probably the NWA ROH route. I'd probably yeah, him I probably yeah, I got you.
2: I'm the same way. What about Mo- Mojo Rally, oh. Mojo <laughs> Impact in a heartbeat.
0: Hands down. That's the perfect spot for him.
2: Uh, Here's the tough one. Andrade. Where does he go?
0: Uh, This is going to be hard for me because I was never a fan of Andrade.
2: Oh, I was. I've always been a fan of him. I thought he's fantastic.
0: Uh, Yeah. And, and and I know what I know what people are thinking. No, it has nothing to do with the fact that he married Charlotte. That just gave me another reason. I didn't I hated Andrade before he and Charlotte hooked up. I, I thought when he won the NXT championship, it was a it was a crock of shit. I was not a fan of the Eatle. I just no, I, I never got behind it. It was it never I never was a fan. So I could personally I could give a fuck less where he goes. But um
2: if they had to pick a place I gonna say, like, where would he fit? Where would he make the most impact? Where he, where would he make the most, the biggest splash if he was to jump on, you know? Maybe, the, maybe ROH? I'd probably send him I there. Think he'd be, I think he could be good. Like, I mean, Andrade, I mean, the way he kind of carries himself, I could see him being, like, I wouldn't say AEW because it's a, it's a safe bet, but I could definitely see him on um two things. Either impact would be a good draw for him or, or NWA, depending on how, when, you know, when they get their shit together.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if he has the personality for impact. That's why I feel like ROH. He's he's he he's he because our Ring of Honor is very big on pure wrestling. So that's why I feel like that would be good for Andrade. Then again, his his. Ability to do massive high spots does make him tailor-made for New Japan as well. So I would, but I would probably go with, if I had to pick something in the States, it'd be
2: ROH. That's okay, last but not least, this is the last one. Lars Sullivan.
0: Wow. Well, unless he decides to make a return to the gay porn industry, uh, I would have to maybe say... Nowhere? <laughs> <laughs> probably not. Um, I mean, where would he go? Maybe, maybe, I'd say maybe NWA.
2: I don't want to see him anywhere. I hate that guy. (laughs) Yeah,
0: what's why? What's with the hate? Why? I never, I've never known you to hate Lars Sullivan. You never said anything good about Uh, him either, but
2: he's, he's a racist. Obviously, you know that's just what it is. Oh yeah.
0: I forgot. He's a racist.
2: He's a bigot. He's a big muscle bound, muscle bound guy. He had his job for way too long. Um, you know, it's just uh, you know what they say about you don't worry about your past, and you know, if you're a bigot in the past, I'm not saying I'm not saying people can't change, but like you know, it it goes back, to, you know, even a couple of months, couple of years ago. Um, you know, it's just, it's just not good. I know they're trying to rebuild Hogan. I'm never going to buy it because fuck Hogan, realistically. Um, but at the same time, it's just, you know, he just doesn't, he doesn't do it for me. He's a big bully, pretty much. It looks like, I mean, I, that was his character on TV, given that. But the thing is, like, he never really had anything that could really show for it. You know, they built him up to be this guy. And then all his allegations came out that came out to be true. And there's no real remorse. And then he said, like, you know, he got bullied online because of all this stuff. He said, well, you can get bullied when, you, like, it's a, kind of like saying, Saying, um play stupid games you get stupid prizes yes and i love that exactly MVP what said is. that yeah so that's exactly what it is i mean you know you can't sit there on on youtube or on twitter and everything else and see a whole bunch of garbage and then get pissed off when people are calling you out on it it's like that's not bullying they're just calling you out for being an asshole it's kind of like you being an asshole to everybody and wondering why everybody's not, not your friend anymore It's like well you are kind of being an asshole and like the first or second time okay you let it slide but it happens over and over again it's like you know no we're done I, i've never put any star to the man i was like i'm done with you so yeah
0: Okay. I mean that's fair. That's a fair assessment. Um but I, I obviously ideally he probably wouldn't go anywhere. But I'm just saying I, I would think maybe the NWA he seems like somebody that would be in the NWA if they were if if a company was gonna pick him. So that's just what I would choose.
2: Maybe go work for Jim Cordette. I don't know. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love, yeah, you know that. I mean, I love and hate the man, but I, the thing is, like, from all the podcasts I listen to the most, because I, he's a great historian, but no, uh, Lars, I, I don't want to see him anywhere, nowhere near TV. I, I hope he just becomes a truck driver and then he's wearing a truck driver hat. And uh, no offense to truck drivers, but he just, I just want to be alone and then alone with his thoughts the whole time. It just, you know. Mm. um. So that was our segment for the WWE releases. Um, I'm going to pick the next topic. Um, Vinny, to this day, it is now April. 25th when we're recording this to be dropping out monday the 26th and as of right now i still do not own a playstation 5
0: <laughs> man what what about that big heavy bonus you was getting man you said you were gonna secure the ps5 with that you had the picture of the vinny. big screen tv that i forgot to put on instagram that i will now put on instagram
2: vinny it's not because i can't afford it it's because they're not available oh shit what yeah, happened? It's like there's some kind of short or some kind of chip or something that they're, they're not on there. Damn! Seriously, why are PlayStation why are fives all out of stock? Um, uh, let's see here. Part of the reasons is, is for the shortage of the components for the console that are in short supply. Um, it, There's some kind of part inside of that, that runs the PlayStation 5. So if you got it when it first came out, you have them. Um, Vinny, I would... I, and the listeners also, the people who are listening to us live right now, if you want to take just a couple minutes and pause the, the podcast, we won't know it. Look up on GameStop. Look up on Walmart. Look up on Targets, Look up on any online store, Fry's, whatever you want to do. You cannot secure a PlayStation 5 help but the thing is maybe you can but it'll be like a thousand two hundred dollars and i'm not going to shell it like uh twice and a half the amount of money for a playstation 5 is that that important to me
0: yeah i'm actually reading something right here um on screen rant it says ps5 stock shortage may end according to playstation ceo that says increasing playstation 5 stock to end the console shortage is something sony interactive entertainment ceo jim ryan says the company is actively working on achieving this year Along with the Xbox Series XS, the console has been in incredibly short supply in the six months of its launch, meaning demand for the PS5 remains sky-high. As new, likely platform-exclusive games are on the horizon, players want to secure the new console in time to not miss out. But it's proven almost impossible, or thanks to scalpers, too expensive for many. Part of the reason for the shortage is that components for the console are also in short supply, with manufacturer Foxconn recently speculating that this shortage could lead to the console shortage lasting until 2022, fairly optimistic year of games ahead including a highly anticipated current gen port, Grand Theft Auto 5 it's becoming increasingly imperative for Sony to do its best to get as many PS5 units out the door as possible.
2: Yeah, welcome to hell.
0: Yes. And furthermore, it's saying that uh, Jim Ryan noted in an interview with uh, Nikki that Sony is working with his partners to try and increase production, hopefully allowing for more console production to alleviate the situation as soon as this year. Whether or not Sony will be able to succeed in that endeavor remains to be seen, but it's clear Sony wants consoles on shelves for the 2021 holiday season. Ryan also spoke about the company's bully- bullish efforts efforts to stack the PlayStation release schedule with more PS5 exclusive games despite recent reports suggest Sony may be taking less risks in first party although the although he said he, although he didn't detail what exclusives the firm is investing in it's more likely third party exclusive deals like Final Fantasy uh, I think that's 16 whether or not any of these games will be revealed later this year remains to be seen it seems unlikely that even Sony even if Sony can increase supply to a degree of ready availability for everyone who has the means to buy one, but it would still be an improvement to at least increase supply to get enough degree that scalpers' stranglehold on the market is lessened. Given the rumors and speculation surrounding delays for games like God of War or Ragnarok, perhaps a short console supply until 2022 won't be all that damaging for the PS5 in the long run.
2: Yeah, I'm pissed off and... the reason why I'm truly pissed off is the fact that I got PlayStation Plus, okay? So every month, you get two free games from PlayStation. You get, like, two for uh, PlayStation 4. Now, since the PlayStation 5's come out, you get two free games for PlayStation 5. I can't get those games. <laughs> Even though I have a PlayStation... It's like they can easily just put in the stores like, hey, just save this into your library until, you know, you get your PlayStation 5, which a lot of people don't have. I mean, I want to get it. I have to literally the money. If I, could, if I could go on one of these sites and look, listen to me, there's a Twitter thing. You can go on Twitter and they'll give you a location and say, hey, Twitter, um, Target's going to have like 20 of them. You're finding 20 people across the United States, hell, even probably the world, trying to get it. There's no fucking way to reach happen. higher. You have.
0: Yeah, I hear you, man.
2: I did it once where it was on Target. I got one of those things where it says uh, PlayStation 5 is not available. I opened the app immediately, pressed the button, put in my thing, whatever. The system glitched. When I went back in there, it was gone. Holy shit. I was like, oh. You know what? No, I'm done. This is bullshit. And the thing is, like, PlayStation doesn't make it easy like, for me to just put the game in PlayStation 5 and put it in my library. Because if they're giving it, to me, giving it away for free, I want to get the PlayStation 5. I want those games to be in my library so I have some PlayStation. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of backwards compatible games that you can play on PlayStation 5. But I don't, I don't want to play PlayStation 4 games when I get the 5. I want to play new games.
1: Oh, of
0: course you do. Everybody wants I to... Will- Play the new games i know i
2: know it sounds stupid and childish and you know whatever but you know i, I want to play my playstation if i can't have my hands unless you give me a comparable solution of how i could buy these things then doggone it give me what i need give me what i want you better want put the games on like let me put the games in my library let me download it when i get there
0: exactly and you know it's and you know, the fact that they're trying to get these games ready and not have everything out on time, that's definitely going to cause a lot of controversy
2: for people. Let's go I and mean, tell me. I mean, it's just- you're losing brand loyalty too because like if it goes on for quite some time i'm just gonna do away with like playstation and just get a console and the console's way better and way cheaper because i, I can have my own built-in comp- I, have a, I have a gaming laptop right now um but i'd rather have a pc i could get a pc put the latest video card and all the graphic cards that it needs for gaming and then just go on steam and wait for these games to go on go on sale there's so many free games you could play so many games you could get on super sale um i might take your route and like your brother's route and do like fucking world of warcraft i don't know it's way better. It's fun than any other games they have on PlayStation right now. But I've been a console boy my whole life. But now I'm kind of thinking about, you know what, maybe it's not worth it. Maybe it's time for a change.
0: Yeah. Enough is enough, and it's time for the change.
2: Yeah, but I don't know, man. I mean, like, I've been a PlayStation guy ever since PlayStation came out. As soon as I got it, I was so in love with the PlayStation. I was like, okay, well, I love it. You know, I love this. I love this console. I like the games. Look at me wrong. There's a couple. There's a couple of uh, you know games from the Xbox that I like. You know, um, there's one called Fable, which is really fun. Never been a Halo guy, but uh, Fable is really fun. But I've mostly been a PlayStation guy. Now it's like, okay, you have the next generation coming out, and we can't do anything. That's garbage, man. I'm so upset. Yeah, and
0: you know. I'm, and I'll be honest, like I've personally been, you know, I've watched. I've been a fan of you know PlayStation as well. Like I've, I started off with the PS2, and then I later upgraded to like you know the PS. I think we got the PS4 was the one I got after that. I don't think I ever got a PS3. Um, but I know to my knowledge, I've been a big PlayStation guy. But usually when I play them, I usually play fighting games or wrestling games. I got a couple of adventure games and stuff recently, but for me. As long as, like, for example, we know Two K Twenty Two is coming out. Um, as long as the Two K Twenty Two is available for the PS Four, I can keep the PS Four and not even be concerned about securing a PS Five. It's if if they come out with Two K Twenty Two and it's only available on PS Five, that would be my only motivation to secure the PS Five.
2: Yeah, I have to wait. I mean, I, I mean, the thing is, like, usually I don't wait. I wait until the console comes off for a bit to get all the bugs out. But because we have to wait for so long, I don't even know what to do, man. I'm kind of like, okay, do I wait? I mean. I wanna see the difference. I see some differences in when it comes to the games, whatever. But um, you know, I want to see how Demon's Souls look. I wanna see how the extraction all stars. I say all these games are free. I could get right now. They're to- they're triple A games. I can't even fucking do anything with them. And I'm super irate the fact that they're even like give us the um you know the idea to get it though but like speaking of wrestling games i mean AEW is going to come on playstation 5 which is going to be awesome um there's a new harry potter game called hogwarts legacy um that's going to be set on playstation 5 it's an rpg with harry potter characters i mean it's going to be pretty darn fun but i'm i guess the the console dropped but they weren't ready for it like how do you not expect on your launch you're going to sell over x amount of millions You know, like, how do you not make, get that ready?
0: Exactly. Like, and and we see the thing, we saw it happen with the PS3. We saw it happen with the PS4. There were people who were buying them like crazy. Some of them bought them just to half of themselves. Others bought them to scalp. People would literally buy them and then buy a bunch of them just to sell them for a higher price because they knew people were out there obsessed with wanting this game. So it, it, you should have been prepared for this. It's, it's insane to not be because everyone is going to uh, want to get their it? hands on this game.
2: I don't get it. I don't get it, but whatever. I mean, it is what it is. But it's just like you know, come on, guys. Like you guys had, you guys had something. You guys had, you guys took all these years to come up the, with the technology. I'm not saying it's easy. I know it's fucking hard. But at the same time, like come on, guys. You guys had everything going for you guys, and you guys decided to do nothing. Like you guys didn't do did this correctly. I don't know. It's just stupid.
0: Exactly. It's it's just they they need to be they needed to be mindful of that, and they weren't.
2: But, yeah, that was, um, that was, uh, my thing, whatever, but, um, so, yeah, PlayStation 5, still yet, I don't have it, I gonna have to wait, someone said it was gonna be after Memorial Day, some people say it's gonna be around Christmas, we'll have to see, uh, the PlayStation Watch is on, so if you guys hear a bit, know what's going on, and want to tell me about it, um, and say, hey, there's one at Walmart, let me know, drop a like, or, or a comment in there, and at me, and say, hey, Elvis, it's over here, and I'll call, and hopefully it's there, and I'll, I'll give you a shout-out on, on the Boogecast, I guess.
0: Absolutely, and uh, well, speaking of video games, um, we do we did have a, a moment that has taken place over the last couple days uh, in the world of Hollywood. Uh, one of the most popular video games of all time was made into a movie. That movie has now been rebooted and has become a movie again. Uh, the new Mortal Kombat just came out. Have you watched it? Yes, I have. Oh my goodness, did you like it? To my surprise, I did. I did not expect to. are you to.
2: surprised by liking it?
0: Well, usually whenever they... I, you, When Hollywood reboots something for nostalgia purposes, they always find a way to fuck it up. And they usually do it by changing aspects of the story that don't need to be changed. They politically correct stuff or they push some type of of some liberal agenda with the films. Instead of just letting them be what they were, which is what made them unique. So I oh, anytime I see a reboot of anything nostalgic, I walk in with low expectations every time. I just how are they how are you going to fuck this up? And question
2: I mean was was Scorpion and um was Scorpion and uh Sub Zero pretty badass?
0: Yes um my only complaint was Sub Zero and Scorpion had too much dialogue oh, okay. I, I don't Sub Zero didn't to my knowledge i Sub Zero was not a person that spoke he just fought and Scorpion the only thing he would say is get over here which he I said eventually. Okay but but apparently I had to find out this is a, this this is an origin film and they apparently this is what Mortal Kombat did. I'm not going to give anything away because I know I don't know. Elvis, have you
2: seen it yet? I'm going to watch it tonight. actually I'm going to watch it after this podcast.
0: OK, good. I won't give too much away. Uh, but let's just say what ma- they did this movie with the intent on making a sequel. So there are plans to make a sequel. So they use this movie to set the tone. And once I understood that, I started to like it because um, I'm a fan of Mortal Kombat, and there's a lot of great characters in here. My favorite Mortal Kombat character of all time is Johnny Cage. I love Johnny Cage, and when I found out there was no Johnny Cage in this first Mortal Kombat, my, immediately thought, my immediate thought was, fuck this shit, I ain't watching. Desmond convinced me to watch this. By telling me that there's an Easter egg in the film that indicates that Johnny Cage is in it. Gonna be in the next one. And once I saw that, I was like, okay, now I get it. But I was like, you you can't have Mortal Kombat without Johnny Cage. There's certain, there are certain people you have to have in a Mortal Kombat movie, or it's not Mortal Kombat, and Johnny Cage is one of those people. It was like, it was like in the X-Men movies when they killed off Cyclops. I'm like, that's it. I'm out. I didn't watch the rest of them. I'm out. I am I'm officially out of this series. Fuck it all to death. That's that was my immediate thought to X-Men, the moment Cyclops died. Fuck it all to death. And if there had been no Johnny Cage, I would have said fuck this movie to death. But hey, did
2: you watch the, did you watch the animation movie that came out last year? Um wait what was it called mortal kombat legends scorpion's revenge it was like it was like remember i told you about those warner brother animation movies that they do so good on the, on the dc movies like uh, the flash paradox and uh, gods among us or uh, apocalypse war they, remember i told you about those uh, cartoons they're adult thing because you, you don't want your kids to see it um but they had a movie last year called mortal kombat legends scorpion's revenge dude that thing was fucking brutal <laughs> Yeah, i mean, so watch, I mean I watched I watched I watched that last year when it came out. I was like, okay, well it's Mortal Kombat. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna watch it just to kind of get an idea of what's going on, and it was so fucking good. Sounds good. Because usually
0: they've been doing a lot of the animation stuff, but there's interesting there's two interesting articles about Mortal Kombat that popped up and one said when Mortal Kombat made America lose its mind. it Yeah, it says here, In 1994, Richard D. Hefner, the chairman of the Motion Picture Ratings Association of America, and the creator of the PBS stable, The Open Mind, wrote a column for the New York Times, excor- excoriating the rise of violence in video games, and an emerging entertainment product quickly colonizing the homes of families across America. He was very, very worried about where video games would lead us. Every indication is that these newer technologies will bring even more outrageous material into our homes. The kind of material Americans have tolerated until now only because it is kept at has been kept at a distance. Short of censorship, what then is the solution for the excesses of cable and the new interactive entertainment? It may be as simple as it is painful, for those who only concern is to maximize profits. It is just to say no. Don't produce degrading materials, don't trade in them, don't seek merely to rate them, passing them off on parents and children, don't profit at all from them at such an enormous cost to our nation life. To all those who dismiss such an approach as futile, reminiscent of Nancy Reagan's appropriately malign response to the drug problem, consider would these entertainers really choose instead to risk the biggest Battle over free expression this nation has ever known. The social and psychological impact of violent video games, Hefner insisted, was uncontrolled by the same industry rating systems that had worked for movies. The video game industry, if it continued down its current path, would impregnate the American spirit with a demon of censorship. This medium and the terrors it brings into the home was a threat to freedom of speech itself. This was the game he was talking about. By the way, and then it's showing you know all the fatalities in Mortal Kombat. Uh, Mortal Kombat 2 a massive arcade hit that was released for consoles and immediately became public enemy number one among pearl clutching moralizers worried that an extraordinarily stupid nihilistic tongue in cheek fighting game would mass brainwash children becoming bare handed boxing spine extracting deviants our kids don't model their conduct after Raiden and the terrors of video games violence didn't transform us into Gilead strangely enough Mortal Kombat is not even one of the more violent video games that springs to mind in fact this weekend Warner Bros and HBO will be releasing a new Mortal Kombat movie we already talked about that if you went back in time told people that a gory Mortal Kombat movie would be made someday, they would be shocked, because in 1993, Mortal Kombat seemed like it was going to destroy civilization. Just ask Joe Lieberman, who said on the floor of the Senate, like the Grinch who stole Christmas, these violent video games threatened to rob this particularly holiday season of a spirit of goodwill. Lieberman, a hacked senator who never found a censorship-related crusade he couldn't get behind, commissioned a Senate hearing on violence in video games around the time that Mortal Kombat 2 came to home consoles. After being the biggest coin-op arcade game for a year, but in anticipation of Mortal Monday, Sega had already opted to self-regulate and institute a rating system, the bare bones of which remain in place to this day. While Nintendo was already known for the strict regulation of violence on their platform, this made the hearings an outlet for Lieberman and other senators to spew fear-mongering, evening news-ready sound bites versus the construction legislative exercise designed to craft policy during the hearing Lieberman fixates on an ad for Mortal Kombat rated MA 13 for players ages 13 and up. Under the new rating system wherein a nerd plays Mortal Kombat and becomes cool insisting against all reason that this ad is actually aimed at children. Since Lieberman is pretty sure that the kid in the ad is under 13. The kid does look a day under 13 you can even hear in Lieberman's cracking voice the acknowledgement that this is a stretch. In one of the main discussions regarding Night Trap, a silly full motion video game and slasher movie satire that's released for the Sega CD. I forgot about that system. Lieberman asked Sega of America President Bill White who comes in for most of the committee's grilling if he thought the game was suitable for children white says no but that adults also play video games the senators don't buy it also not buying it was nintendo of america president howard lincoln who saw his company as a family friendly when night trap came up he insisted that the game would never be released on a nintendo platform whoops and accused white of ignoring demographic information he would have been made aware of as a former nintendo employee nintendo took the middle road as far as mortal Kombat was concerned they did release the game for super nintendo but insisted that blood be removed and the fatality sequences be pared down customers were mad that they received an Product, But it led Lincoln and the company. But it led Lincoln and company avoid blame when the Senate came knocking. There's a reason they demolished Sega. The Mortal Kombat moral panic didn't take place in a vacuum. In the mid '90s, there was a sense that the entire culture was irredeemably soaked in violence and nihilism, whatever the fuck that means. Writing for the Times in 1994, critic David Brown tied Mortal Kombat's exploding, frozen body kills to Y2K fears, Beavis and Butthead, and the burgeoning career of Quentin Tarantino. So computer games like Mortal Kombat have gone so bloody that the video game industry, after a few strong hints from the government, has instituted a rating system. From the po- from the posh pit to death metal, rock to the urban brawls of gangster rap, pop music has never sounded so aggressive and intense. Its clattering noise, using samples of grinding guitars, is the sound of civilization falling apart. The electronic dance music known as techno is nothing but a series of disconnected computerized bleeps and groans. The soundtrack for a world in which phone sex is taking the place of human interaction. Mass shootings will become de rigueur in America. Not Because shooters were inspired by video games available for all over the world. Some grifters, included our deeply stupid former president, have placed blame for mass shootings at the doorstep of video games. But really, America's mass shooting problem rebounds upon the United States Senate. The same institution cynically moralizing at video game executives because they are pretty sure the kid in that commercial was supposed to be 12, not 13. Being held enthralled to an American right wing that regards any regulation of gun ownership as a breach of their civil rights. The intent with the second video game rating system and the independent council and the packaging guidelines we've established, Senator, is to take a first step. White says to the committee, and we're proud of that step we've taken. But as it turned out, it was the only step. Violence in video games was not reduced. Check out a clip from the latest Mortal Kombat. I'll put that on the RootCast Facebook page. This is significantly more violent than the 16-bit bone explosion Sub-Zero was working with back in 1993. And yet, here we are, living in a world where no one from Warner Bros. Interactive, the studio that made Mortal Kombat 11, or Nintendo, Sony, or Microsoft, the three major video game hardware manufacturers who host Distribute MK11 on their platforms, is being dragged in front of truck. Fr- Chuck Grassley to account for the horrors they're exposing our children. What happened? Why does anyone care about violence in video games anymore? For one, it's a matter of demographics. White was clearly stretching when he told a bunch of senators that video games were a product for adults in the early 90s. But the kids who grew up on 16-bit fantasies never really stopped. And the medium came to be such less as a toy and more like another form of media, such as books or movies, that has products for kids and equally popular products aimed at teens and adults. This widening of audience has led to a widening of themes with every successive leap in gaming technology. Developers have continued to utilize violence and unreverently realistic violence as a tool, but they also integrated sophisticated narratives to accompany that violence, the kind that doubles back and forth the players to question the actions of the character they're ostensibly controlling. Or maybe they even serve a political purpose. The monumentally popular Call of Duty series sticks the player in the seat of a military operator doing dirty deeds on behalf of the U.S. military. Activision develops the game as even consulted with the Pentagon in their quest to be to build a realistic vision of U.S. military might. Disgraced National Secretary, Council Staff Officer, and ex-NRA President Oliver North featured in Call of Duty's Black Ops 2, while Call of Duty's online servers use a military recruiting ground. So Call of Duty, a video game series which is usually realistic violence, operates as a piece of propaganda for the military and its contractors the same medium that blowhards like Joe Lieberman chastised in the nineties, while Mortal Kombat 2 was a lurid and stupid fighting game grounded in fantasy. But Mortal Kombat also expanded the reach and perception of video gaming, leading the industry down a path where violence wasn't just a Beavis and Butthead exaltation of Nihilism, but an expressive tool of a multifaceted art form. Honestly, not bad for a game where a snake man eats his enemies.
2: Wow. So, first of all, that guy really knows what a 12-year-old and a 13-year-old, he could definitely tell the difference between that one ear. That <laughs> one ear, I'm telling you. Um, that dude was, like, really pounding, like, that 13, 12-year-old market, man. He's like, dude, I know what a 12-year-old looks like. I know what a 13-year-old looks like. Listen, Mortal Kombat... It was a crazy game. It was. But the thing is, like, it inspired so much cosplay. Dude, when you go to Comic-Con, who doesn't want to see a girl dress up like Katana or Melina or, you know, a sexy Johnny Cage or something like that? So, come on, guys. Like, chill the fuck out. You, the people in the Senate have way too much things going on. Way too much things going on. And worrying about violence in video games. This ain't the fucking 80s or 90s or whatever the fuck it was. I mean, just when he, when he brought up Nancy Reagan's drug thing, whatever... That thing was a fucking laugh. They're the ones bringing the drugs in. <laughs> like, our system's corrupt. It's like, oh, hey, just, if you see drugs, just say no. Fuck you, you're the ones bringing it in. It's like, yeah, you guys have, like, you know, under the table deals or whatever. Yeah, you want to go after all the big head honchos, but you guys are making your money off of it because guess what, though? It's giving more money... To make these busts, you're getting money coming. You're getting drugs coming. How the fuck do you think you're getting more money? You're hiring more people. You're hiring. You're making more jobs, making your firm more stronger. So yeah, don't tell me the bullshit like you're doing it for American ethics. You're not. You like any of those people in Congress are not ethical at all. They're doing anything to fuck you, not to help you. So how is this helping you out? Because you want to cast a vote? Is it almost time for election time again? No. Fuck you guys. Tell me you know the difference between a 12-year-old boy and a 13-year-old. Yeah, from personal experience, maybe. Like you're really just, you're really saving the sanctity of America. Have you seen America? Have you seen our movies? Have you seen the music scenes? Which fight are you gonna pick up and which which flag or which hill you're gonna die under? Which which hill are you gonna die on? The video game scene? I mean, there's so much more out there. Like, what about the homeless problem? What about the the bursting bubble for the housing market? What about us getting our fucking stimulus checks out every couple months? But every fucking month? What about that? Get your house in order. You know, why don't you make a living a lot easier? Why don't you tax the fucking rich? Uh, why don't you like don't give tax write? I mean, don't give tax write-offs to your fucking billionaires in America? Why is it our sentence being bought by all the corporations? Oh, oh, but we're not talking about that because video games is demoralizing America. No, no, no. That, by all means. By all means, yeah. Let's talk about how bad Mortal Kombat is. Let's talk about the, the violence in, in video games. But what about, the, what, about the, the what about the NFL players or about the NFL owners? Why don't they get taxed? We gotta buy, we gotta buy the damn stadiums with our taxes. But no 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 no. That, that, that's, that's, that. Look, let Let me steer you away. Video games are bad, guys. <laughs> let me steer you away from all that. What else What else is the problem? High marketing. What about the gas prices? Why do they keep going up? Why don't you fix the like the ratio from that? Why are we at war with other nations? Why are we trying to broker pieces? Why don't you go to the um what's it called the Genova World Center and get the world together and try to do something together? No, it's not for our benefits. They have never been for us. So this bullshit is a distraction towards anything else. I'm a gamer. Yeah, I might say I'm a big fan of Mortal Kombat. I, I I'm a, I'm a posters and t-shirts, whatever. I like the game. It's fun. Um, at the same time, like, there's bigger things going on, and that's the hill you're going to die on? That is the hill you're going to die on? There's pandemics going on? There's jobs? All this different stuff? There's riots in the streets? People riding over uh, shootings and everything else? There's a lot of bad things going on, but that's the hill you're going to die on? Okay, whatever. Fuck you guys.
0: It is. And, you know, and like, this, and like you just said, there's shootings going on. And they actually want people to believe that these video games caused that. That
2: was how fucked up things were.
0: And, you know... The- John
2: Wayne. I think John Wayne, John Wayne perpetrated violence. In a cool way, because he's John Wayne. For all those old fuckers in Senate who used to watch John Wayne as a kid. Yeah, I'm talking about your hero, John Wayne. He perpetrated violence on TV and slapping women around. How about that, old guy? Huh? Whatever, boomer. Don't give me your bullshit, you know? But it's like, you're going to blame video games? I've been playing games since I was a kid, since I played Atari. Yeah, I had... I had E.T., the world's worst game. That was my first game, E.T. I haven't killed anybody yet. I'm crazy, and I have a lot of crazy friends, and we're still alive. We haven't killed anybody. I don't think GTA made me want to go to my neighbor's house, punch him in the face, take his keys out, and go for Joyride. Now, if you got stupid people out there who are going to do that, though, yeah, they might have been influenced. But well, they could have been influenced from a movie. But what if they said, I was watching Fast and Furious and I took off? Oh, well, we gotta cancel the Fast and Furious. Well, we can't. Why? Because The Rock's in it. He's amazing. Like, you know... What hell are you gonna die on? Like, people get inspiration from stupid things. Some people watch jackass and do jackass things. Some people watch videos with people playing violins and they learn how to play violin. It's all about what the person wants to do. They're not, they might be inspired by these things, but I don't see somebody going over there and cracking someone's skull and ripping their heart out. I don't see someone turn into a dragon and ripping their head off. That's not applicable. It's fake. It's fake. Video game is an escape. It's an escape. Like, you're an Italian plumber hitting boxes that have money in it? that have a star coming out of it. You take a mushroom and you grow ever so big. You tell me outside, if I pick a dental line, I could throw fireballs for my hands. Come on, get the fuck out of here. It's based on non-reality. And you're going to sit there and say that these are inspiring different things. Well, fuck you. Then why would you, why would you stop every rap video? Every, everything that talks about prostitution or whoring or killing someone, or let's, you know what though, let's not do action movies anymore. Cause it perpetrates that as well. You know, you can't have Arnold Schwarzenegger and, uh, Sylvester Stallone out there killing people or Jason, Jason Statham, you know, you can't have uh, the rock coming out there and fighting monsters, you know, I mean, where does it stop? It's like they're picking, they're picking and choosing their own fucking narrative and it's fucking ridiculous. It's stupid. People are dumb.
0: Oh, and, 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 and here's the one thing. And, as, and, um, and I obviously, the person who wrote this article, you know, obviously he's siding with us. The idea is stupid, but let me just point something else out. Just to, just to let people know, this is a, this is strictly a politician thing. Is ain't a Republican thing or a Democrat thing, and I can prove it. Because, yeah, obviously, at one point, Trump was talking a lot about video game violence. And it's the one time I ever, like, where Trump said something and I disagreed with him completely on and was like, dude, what the fuck? I felt betrayed. When he did that. Like, dude, come on. You're not supposed to be this. Yeah, that pissed me off. So badly. I felt I, I was like, dude, what the fuck? But you have to understand one thing. Before Trump talked about violence in video games, the person that pushed it the most was the very person he ran against in 2016. In the 90s, Hillary did the same goddamn shit. That was her big thing when she was the first lady. She was pulling the same shit. So it's it's both parties. That are pulling the wool over our eyes on this. Don't don't let anybody try to tell you this is a Republican thing or a Democratic thing. It's a political thing. They're all about this.
2: They're all in cahoots on this I shit. Mean- like for me myself, for myself, video game is art, and I'll, and I'll describe it to you a little bit easier, um, the way I can. Video games is art. You're taking an immersive world. You're taking an immersive world where you have a storyline, while well-written story. Line, well, well written. Now, sorry, don't get me wrong. Some games are amazing. When it's written correctly, it's done amazingly. But video games is art. Um. Some of them are um, like anything art. Art could be depressing. Art could be scary. Art could be beautiful. It could be anything you wanted to be. Sometimes it's surrealistic. When you look at it, You look at a photograph or like a painting and it draws an emotion from you. But there's some video games that just tells a, a well-curated story that takes you through a journey that, you know, you know, through mind and space. It could be underwater. You could be a, a, a fisherman. You could be a, a hockey player. You could be anything you want. I mean, there's games where you can sit there and you can make classes. Like you can become a wizard or a barbarian. Um, you know, you could sit there and, yeah, you could go and steal cars and shoot people and do a whole bunch of different stuff. But there's so many different varieties. But, you know, it's all based in a world that's not real. It's escapism in its truest form. And it's done electronically to take us away because – no, you know, we live in this world where we have to wake up, we have to go to work, we have to pay bills, we have to pay taxes. Um, you know, we have to survive day in, day out. I mean, some people are just a paycheck away from being unemployed or being homeless. You know, some people have better lives than others. But, you know, for the people who are not rich, for the people who are not doing well, video games are sometimes just an escape to get you away from reality. Like, for instance, I work, you know, I worked as an adjuster. I go look at customers, and sometimes some customers are just plain rude and, and horrible, and some of them are great. But even if you work a straight day we have a good day, for me to unwind, it's when I come home. And I play a game called uh, Watch Dogs where you hack stuff and shoot things and try to, take, try to topple the government. Who would have thought? Um, but at the same time, like, you know, that's by escapism. I don't sit there and indulge in heroin or do drugs or do all these stupid things, whatever. For me, I have a couple beers. So I'll sit there and I'll play a racing game or I'll play an old Mario game or I'll do something – It's escapism in its truest form. I just feel like this person who's saying all these things is truly out of touch of what the younger generation is going on with. And he should probably be afraid of that because those people that he's triggering are going to turn against him. And those people might be potential voters. So, again, is that the hell you want to die on? Because if you don't know, it's almost like having a person who doesn't know all the facts. But wants to sit there and combat you in some kind of debate where they're not really equipped to fight you on
0: exactly. And what most people understand about video games is the fact that you know not every game was you know a violent shoot 'em up game. There's literally been games that were educational. Like I remember on the original Nintendo, I don't know if you do you remember that Sesame Street one two three game for for the, the old Nintendo. They had it on Atari as well, yes, absolutely. Yeah, like, literally, they had games like Ernie's Magic Shades and Astro Grover where you learned numbers and
2: shapes and shit like that. The thing is, with all that said, there's got to be a genre for everything else what a a game like that for educational purpose could like lead a kid to do. It makes it more fun and immersive for the kid. The thing is, not all games fit, like, the square peg. So if you have a square peg, you can't put a circle in there. You can't put a, a triangle. There's different strokes for different folks. And if someone wants a gory a Resident Evil game, I mean, that's their genre. Like, for me, I'm, I'm not really fond. Like, I like horror, don't get me wrong, but it won't, it won't be something I actively seek out. Um, I'm not really a Battlefield or I'm not really um a Call of Duty guy. I used to be a long time ago, but I just kind of fell out of love with the, um, with the genre, um, only because, you know, when I was garbage, but at the same time, like even when I was good at it at the time when I was playing it um you know it just became too repetitive it became the same thing i like playing single player games and it takes you on a journey but it's like saying like oh we shouldn't do horror movies anymore because they are too scary it's like no that's the whole point some people like being scared some people are not even scared by what that is so you're telling me because of the select few who are too scared by you, you should stop making it come on now let's 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 think with our heads don't be stupid
0: exactly and um and you know earlier I was talking about this and I know Elvis and I were as well that um you know we 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 were on a Mortal Kombat thing and I mentioned before about how Johnny Cage is going to be in the next one and apparently The Miz is throwing his hat in the ring and wants to play Johnny Cage in the next Mortal Kombat.
2: I think he would be great. I mean I'm not sure about his kung fu but uh you know his best friend uh John Morrison whatever. I mean he's pretty he does the parkour, he does all that stuff whatever so he could train with him. Um because Miz kind of fits the bill if you think about it, Hollywood movie star, the A-lister. You know what I'm saying? This is the imaginary world? You know what I'm saying? Like he's a he's a star in his own head, and he's literally a living representation if you think about it. Because Johnny Cage in his mind, he's a superstar. Like everybody should kiss his feet. While everybody's like, oh, this fucking prick. That's that's the Miz. Like I never met him in person, but at the same time, like, I would imagine like, okay, well that's pretty much the Miz the his whole life he was johnny cage in wwe
0: and you know what's weird i'm looking at what? i'm looking at photos of i just googled johnny cage i'm looking at photos of johnny cage and he does fit the description i mean yeah. that's a sad part i mean i would i would,
2: I would say anybody else I would I would definitely say that if you if you look it up online, I mean it is. And the thing is before I even saw that I think when you said it, I was like, Yeah, it fits him correctly. He's got the sunglasses. I mean he's gonna sign his own autograph, you know, he's gonna do like the whole dick punch thing, whatever. It makes sense. And I could see him doing it. I think he do a great job. Oh, even get him even get him that like that um that belly tattoo that he has in Part Two or Part Three, whatever, that says Cage. Yeah, I mean, it fits him with the whole douchebag hair, slip back, whatever. It fits his persona perfect. Now he won't look like a natural representation from what it was in the game. But at the same time, we've had so many different characters who played Don Johnny Cage. And anyway, I'm not sure I ever told you before, but did you know I actually met? Um, remember Mortal Kombat One, Johnny Cage? Yes. I met that guy. I met him at a movie theater when I was watching Wayne's World 2 back in Chicago years ago. Really? I'm not sure what year Wayne's World 2 came out. I was with my friend Andy in Chicago, and um, scenario, you, know, you know, before the movie started, she had, like, the previews. But it was, like, before the previews. They had, like, let's go out to the movies, you know, that whole thing. Um, I turn around, and I see a motherfucker. I'm like, I looked at him. I looked at my friend Andy. I'm like, Andy, is that Johnny Cage? And then he looked at him, too, and we started looking at him. And he sat there, and he, like, waved at us. And I'm like, hey Johnny Cage? He was like, yeah. I'm like, dude, you're fucking awesome. You're one of our favorites whatever. He goes like, yeah, th- thanks, man. I'm like, no, man, you're fucking awesome. We we, we just played that game the other day. He's like, all oh, right, cool. I appreciate it. Make sure you play them all. I'm like, we're going to. The game's pretty awesome. Oh,
0: yeah. And yeah, I mean, I, I just don't know how, I just don't know if Miz is, I don't know how, I don't think Miz is that great of an actor, but maybe he can prove me wrong in this. But I will say from a physical standpoint, he does fit the bill. And I, I kind of. Kind of give give him that. You know he's making it. like you know he kind of makes a compelling case. I
2: would definitely say so. I mean we'll see. We'll see. Obviously. I mean the only other person. I mean um in the in the cartoon movie that they had for that scorpion movie uh, um I saw last year. Uh, they did have Johnny Cage and guess who did the voiceover for Johnny Cage? Who did? kale Who? From the soup. Oh Mama my Kail. god! No way. Yeah, he was the voice of Johnny Cage in the cartoon. Yeah, it was pretty good.
0: That is. Awesome.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: That is cool. That is very cool. So interesting. That's uh, So yeah, so they're saying The Miz would make a great Johnny Cash. I mean, Johnny Cage. Um, he's got a good shot at that. And apparently, apparently, they're also doing a documentary on The Miz now. And they said it was like the WWE career that wasn't supposed to happen. And I was like, oh, something we agree on. Um, and then I saw, it says, from real world chump to WWE champ, The Miz is finally ready to be honest and raw. As he sat down to film a documentary about his WWE career, he decided that he was going to do something different. The persona the Parma, Ohio native honed over a nearly two-decade television run wouldn't be the one he was going to be talking when the camera started rolling. Fans who had grown used to seeing The Miz on Weekly W programming weren't going to see and hear the arrogant wrestling star they had seen for the past 16 years. For the first time ever, they would be getting just Mike. Really? This is the first time that I sat down for an interview and I said, you know what, let's just make this real. I'm not going to entertain you. I'm not going to try too hard. I'm literally just going to answer questions honestly and raw and open. Just have a conversation with the camera. Miz told uh, Yahoo Entertainment. When I watched it back, I realized it was the first time I didn't feel The Miz once. It was just me talking to the camera. It was crazy. So... And apparently they start asking him, you know, all these questions. And um, if that's what they're going to do with this documentary, I'm intrigued to see it, you know? Uh, I, I would really like to see this documentary and just because I would like to get to know Mike because maybe, I don't know, maybe I would like him a lot more because I have, like I said, I've met him in person. The guy I met was a total dick. you know And I don't know if that's because he felt like he needed to be on all the time or what, but just nothing about him when I met him was likable. I tried to find something. I couldn't find anything. So one day I would like to meet the real him just to see if maybe, maybe, maybe that's, maybe it's, he's not the same asshole that he is on TV. We'll see. Yeah
2: we'll see but uh there is a new movie coming out in june i really want to see what's that it's the conjuring the devil made me do it you like the conjuring movies
0: um i've heard of them i've never really seen them
2: yeah, it's about the paranormal investigators ed and lorraine warren um it's the third chapter of the conjuring uh franchise um i love these i think these guys are actually real people really yeah i
0: <laughs> the conjuring um, okay
2: the conjuring do yourself a favor and watch it man it's it's really damn good
0: yeah the devil made me do it uh fat and i know we talked before about about the fast series uh i know fast nine's coming out soon
2: and i'm not gonna lie oh, sure, i kind of want to see this I, one because I, I mean, it's got uh Vin diesel and it's got the rock and it's got um holy shit it's got uh boob you he was there the whole time, but you couldn't see him. John Cena was on. was on there.
0: Yeah, yeah. The Rock's not in this one. Oh, he's not. No, because while they were filming this, uh, the Rock and Jason Statham were were filming the Hobbs and Shaw spinoff. Oh. So God. they weren't. So neither one of them is in this one. That was the whole. That's what. That's what started the whole uh, feud with the Rock and uh, Tyrese Gibson. Like, okay, I see. like Tyrese felt that the Rock was a bit like you know, like you know, like on the show they talk a lot about, in mean, the movie they talk a lot about family. Well, apparently, the Fast group became a family. And John Cena even said that when he walked on set there, he felt like he was walking into the WWE locker room for the first time back in 2002, where he didn't know if he would fit in with the group. He wasn't sure if anyone wanted him to be there. And they wanted to know if if he took the franchise seriously and wasn't just trying to come in for a quick payday. And once he proved that he was willing to do what it took to make the film work, John, the, 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 the Fast family, accepted John Cena. And apparently The Rock and Vin Diesel had a lot of
2: creative differences and they weren't getting along.
0: When The Rock chose to do a spinoff, Tyrese saw it as uh, turning his back on the family.
2: Wow. I can't wait for that. And also another John Cena movie coming out this year, The Suicide Squad.
0: Yeah, I might actually see this one
2: uh yeah i know um looks a little better than the other one uh hotel transylvania 4 for my daughter she's gonna love that
0: yeah
2: um that's coming out later um uh, let's see over here um yeah i think she's gonna love she loves all the hotel Transylvania so for her it's always gonna be pretty amazing um we have a new movie from the marvel series from a character a lot of people probably never heard of before i never heard it to him until they announced it and I looked him up um Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, another Marvel movie that's going to be part of the phase four for Marvel, which um, hopefully does the same thing like for this character, the way they did Doctor Strange and Guardians of the Galaxy. So we'll see. OK, Um, there's a Venom movie coming out. Let There Be Carnage. So it's Tom Hardy. Freddie Har- Harrelson's going to play Carnage. Yes. Which is uh. If you were a fan of uh, Spider-Man comics back in the 90s, 2000s, you couldn't get away from uh, Venom and you couldn't get away from Carnage, man. So it's going to be some amazing shit happening.
0: Yeah, I know. Zach has not shut up about Woody Harrelson playing Carnage. Like, he lives for this shit.
2: And uh, I didn't know this came out, but I'm going to bring it up anyway. They made a movie called Dune. Have you ever seen the original Dune movie? It's a science science fiction movie. Dune? D-U-N-E. Yeah, Uh, it's an old movie. No, I have not made it. I'm not sure it's out or not. It says it was supposed to be out in October 2020, but it, I still haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Make ways on it though. But I think I want to check it out. Actually, no, it's coming out October 2021. It was supposed to be out like a couple months ago, but they hit the because of the global pandemic that had cut it back. But do yourself a favor and watch Dune. It's a good one. Uh, they're remaking it hopefully with better graphics. But I mean, it still held the, the test of time, but nonetheless. And uh, wow, another Marvel movie in 2022: Morbius. One of the various um, villains of Spider Man has his own movie coming out, played by Jared Leto.
0: <laughs> Jared Leto is playing Morbius?
2: Yep. Oh it's my awesome. God. So he plays a Joker in DC. Oh. And he plays Morbius and Spider Man, so that's awesome.
0: Oh, and he fucked up the Joker, so let's see how he does with Morbius.
2: No, he didn't. You didn't see the last couple minutes of the Snyder Cut.
0: <laughs> no, but I I did see his performance in Suicide Squad, and
2: Suicide Squad was horrible though. That he was literally.
0: that. Yeah, but he was part of the reason it was horrible
2: because he was just
0: it, it. was just all Fifty Shades and messed up. And also, did you know Cena has a whole TV show coming out which of, devoted to devoted just Peacemaker. Oh. That's why he wasn't at WrestleMania this year, because he was in he was, he was in Vancouver filming the series. So, and he, so because of tra- international travel restrictions, he was not able to attend WrestleMania, be part of WrestleMania this year. But that was why. He was off filming Peacemaker.
2: Ooh, here's a good one. December 17th. You and I are going to watch this. Spider-Man, no way home. Have you watched any of the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies?
0: Absolutely not.
2: I fucking hate you. We stop this podcast right
0: now. I didn't even watch the Andrew Garfield one. To me, toby Maguire will always be Spider Man. It was wrong to recast him.
2: Oh my god! Well, guys, that was the podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed my show. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you, Benny. That's why What?
0: <laughs> Tobey was a perfect Spider Man. Why did you have to recast him? Was because the studio too cheap different. to pay
2: him? Because the direction the movie was going was fucking garbage, and then Tom Holland's the best one we've had so far. Don't get me wrong, I grew up at a time with Toby, same thing with Andrew, but uh, Tom Holland's the best one so far, storyline-wise and everything. So um, I'm going to skip through that one because you're an asshole. Um, <laughs> and then when you watch you it, we can talk later, but uh, you need to watch it first and hold your reserves until then. But here's a movie I think we all can say we've been waiting for. It's years in the making. It comes at the end of December, and I'm talking about The Matrix 4.
0: Yes. Oh, we totally gotta to see this one. I think we was, I think we talked about this on the sequel thing that we talked about a while yeah, back. Yeah, but the
2: thing is like it was supposed to come out April first, twenty twenty two, but it's actually dropping it off on December twenty second on twenty twenty one, so by the end of the year.
0: Oh yeah, we totally we definitely have to go see this one. That that's one we definitely have to see absolutely amen to that absolutely. we got to see matrix 4 i i got to see that one cuz i'm intrigued to see how they're going to make this cuz matrix 3 looked like it it looked like it ended the ser- the the, ser- the film series so i don't know how they're going to bring it back
2: oh my god oh my god i'm going to say something right now i hope uh i hope this is true besters of the universe reboots
0: Masters of the Universe?
2: Masters of the Universe. You know what that is?
0: He-Man. Oh, right. He-Man. The Masters of the Universe. Mm -hmm. At the Legion of Doom.
2: Oh, it's going to happen. So there we go go all right so that was movies i want to see who knows what else is going to come out here um i are making a whole bunch of these live action disney movies i'm not gonna even to get into it i don't want to talk about it if you're <laughs> asking about those movies i will not talk about it i'm just going to say that
0: uh they're I...
2: making cinderella and pinocchio and i'm not watching either of those no sure what my daughter does, oh god the crowd she wants I'll put it on, but I'll leave the next room with my headphones on because I refuse to watch it.
0: God, I can't. Dude, l- I- here's the thing. I, I-, I got to tell this story because we brought this up. Here's how bad the Disney reboots have been. Now, I have not seen Lady and the Tramp, so I don't know how that went. I did see Aladdin. I did see The Lion King. I was talking to some of the cast members on the Going Live show. We were having a conversation. The Lion King's so bad, even black people hated it. Even black people thought that was garbage.
2: I'm sorry, what was that?
0: I said The Lion King, the live-action Lion King.
2: I didn't even have one of those. You haven't seen it? Oh, Dude. I haven't I mean, seen I don't even think I saw a commercial for it
0: dude it was horrible it was fucking terrible first of all
2: it's so weird i just think like anything that's gonna be live action i mean even beauty and a beast i mean you had like um what's her name from harry potter um emma watson miney whatever her name is her real name anyways those live action movies just don't do it because you grew up with the cartoons it just doesn't make sense for live action like you can't do it i mean i guess for me it doesn't make it doesn't make sense it looks weird it sounds like it looks fake and forced it doesn't feel real I guess it's cartoons, not real anyway. It's a cartoon, but those make this seem, seem to make more sense. I would say they use like different graphics and try to revise it or color up or polish up a little bit or try a different style to see if it sticks. I mean, you're not really wasting anything. I mean, you're still gonna make some money off of it. But, like, making live action just doesn't work for him. I'm sorry. I mean, it's like, you know, uh, when it comes to those animation movies, just stick with the originals. I mean, like, maybe they have to do it for uh, for purposes of re- keeping the licensing for it. That's probably why they did it. But, I mean, you know, Aladdin wasn't good. You know, Lady and Tramp. I mean, no one's going to watch them. It's going to be garbage. So, let's just give it up, you know.
0: Yeah, the problem is, is that if it was done correctly, it could work. The problem is, they take out a lot of the goods. They, they add stuff to the film. That wasn't there before that wasn't there before. And no, that's not a beauty and the beast joke. Um, and also they politically correct everything, they change stuff around, and none of it works. Like you had the Lion King, the Lions showed no emotion, the acting was monotone, the songs got messed up. And they were casting people that had no business being casted in the film, because it's a live action, so everything's voice. It's it, everything is voiceover, but they felt that to politically correct it, all 99% of the actors had to be black. And I'm like, okay, a lot of the original voice people are still alive. And with the exception of Mufasa, you have recasted everyone, and none of these people were good at acting. They were just fucking there, and they sucked, and it took all the emotion out. Like, all the the delivery of the words didn't work, the acting was way off, it was just terrible, and then they just changed things around. Like, Aladdin is supposed to be a love story, but they made it about Jasmine becoming this independent ruler or something. I'm like, that's not what the film is about. Jasmine didn't want to run the country, she wanted to fucking leave and be free and independent. And part of the reason she related to Aladdin was because they both felt trapped in their surroundings despite the fact that Jasmine is a rich princess and Aladdin is a street rat. They were polar opposites who found something in common and fell in love because of it. That's the freaking story. But they keep changing shit around to make it more politically correct and inspiring and giving people hope. If you want to do that, take an original story and fucking write that. Don't take something that exists and change it around to push some BS narrative. Because we can see through that shit. And that's why nobody liked it. It's like, f- stop fucking with classics and trying to modernize them for 2021. There's a reason why they were made in the 90s. In the 80s and the 70s and all that, because it's a different time period. You can't modernize that shit,
2: because then it takes away from the focal point of the story. Oh, uh, so triggered Vinny. I, yeah, you, I didn't watch the live action. I didn't watch. I, I mean, as soon as I saw live action, I'm like, no, I'm done. do you Beauty and the Beast. You saved yourself. Oh, I, I just, I just. I mean, no, I did because um, I just saw the commercial. I was like, th- I mean, it didn't resonate with me. You know, you, you know, like when we watch trailers for movies, it's like you know, it should get you within the first couple seconds. Otherwise, you're not gonna really gonna watch it. Absolutely. Uh, when I saw live action, I was like, I'm not gonna. Do i'm not gonna do that so there's a movie that i see a commercial it can be pissed poorly done like if there's a movie that i I gave up on and then you Benny Boochie says hey you should watch like for instance you talked about corba kai right yeah um when it first came out i didn't watch it i didn't watch it for a very very long time uh my brother talked about it you talked about it. i was like i'll give it a chance eventually whenever right so earlier this week i watched the first episode i was just trying to find something for me to watch just kind of bullshit and kill some time i watched the first episode and Dude, I've been binge-watching that show because it was so much fun. At first, I didn't really care for it. But after I watched it, I was like, oh, it was pretty good. But usually the commercial has to really get you in to get you there. And it didn't do a good job of it. But these Disney live-action ones, I'm like, I'm not going to do it. I, I just I have nothing to say about it because I haven't watched it. From the consensus online, I've been hearing they haven't been that great. They haven't been getting um, rave reviews. So at the time, I was like, okay, I'm really just saving myself because I would need to watch this. So I'm just going to save my two hours and to watch more Cobra Kai, so thank you yeah no problem Um, it was but uh yeah it was good though but um Benny we're gonna switch it up a little bit we went from movies we went to everything else and uh, I know you probably have something on the topic but um it's time for our weekly horoscopes by Elvis Dolinsky
0: that's right yes the horoscopes that's right ladies and gentlemen
2: it's horoscope time it's mystic Elvis and he's here to do your horoscopes uh let me just pull up the old uh, horoscopes website and uh I might even do a tarot code I don't know I'm feeling kind of by today so let's see what we're gonna do so horoscope.com go so with what is yours you're getting Benny. let's do yours first i am a pisces this pisces all right so let's see here pisces 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 okay here we are for today do you want to do today you want to do it a weekly or do you want to do the uh just for the day? Well,
0: I, I mean, do they change every every day or every week? Because I thought we were doing it monthly.
2: It's got it's, it's got different things. It's got today, tomorrow, weekly or monthly.
0: OK, Um. well, we already did. uh We've already done monthly. So let's just we'll do the do other three,
2: three weekly. We'll do the other three. So let's do, let's let's do today. So this is your today. I'll do tomorrow and I'll do weekly. Oof, Bucci, in the year 2000, in the year 2000, Great Mystic Elvis predicts for you today, you've made it over the hump, Pisces, you've moved beyond the problems of the recent past, and are entering a more peaceful phase. You will complete your projects at work, and your domestic life will be the picture of bliss and harmony. Enjoy this period of rest and relaxation. It will soon be followed by a period of intense longing requiring your total attention. That is for today. As for your tomorrow, Mystic Elvis says, You're in splendid shape today, Pisces. Did a fairy godmother conjure away all your little difficulties of the past few weeks? Question mark? Enjoy this moment of relief from your worries, as for your love life, some exciting opportunities may arise. Be on the lookout for them, and whatever you do, don't let them escape. And for your weekly, Galvez says, While slow and steady wins the race, strategy always plays a part in achieving things. Something that you'll learn a lot about this week, when the Sun and Mercury enter today, the planets will be in your communication zone for the next few weeks making you more logical and practical as you find ways to achieve your goals. Work harder. Think smarter. However, this week isn't all work. Friday brings fun and excitement when Mars enters cancer and your pleasure zone. Will it be? Where will it be for the next six weeks? Falling in love is easy during this time, so take an emotional gamble if it feels right. Let your passion take the wheel, Pisces. Don't just, just don't lose your head. Luckily, Mercury conjoins Venus on Sunday, bringing you back to Earth. Use this aspect to communicate with your partner and discuss what you realistically want from your partnership. And Mystic Elvis has spoken for Pisces.
0: Well, all I can say is, I'm going to say something right now. This shit is real because it says, you know, no, no, no. I'm saying I'm going to prove it because it said you will create your, you will complete your projects in a timely manner. I, and I've been editing videos all weekend. So that's, that's a good thing to know that the videos will be out in time. I still got those videos I've been editing as well as podcasts and everything else. And then it also said that, um, you know, your domestic life is gonna, is gonna be different. And I'm like, but I'll get into that next week. I'll, I'll save that precious little story for next week. Uh, but then of course they also said that, you know, things will get more intense at your work. And that's true because, uh, we have a client that's, uh being more demanding of what she of what she wants from us and my boss has been on my case about it almost every day this week in a, in a productive way
2: so there's some truth to all that shit mystic elvis knows all and yes. now it's time for the daily horoscope for mystic elvis capricorn horoscope for today your life certainly seems to revolve around human contact you're an outgoing, cheerful, engaging conversationalist who enjoys bringing people together. Though lately, you've been yearning to be alone, Capricorn. Don't ignore any urge you feel for solitude, even though it's an unusual need for you. It's still a valid one. Mystic Elvis predicts the future for tomorrow, a radiant and glowing with happiness today. It is a refreshing change after the doom and gloom for the past few weeks. Apparently, decisions you've made worked out for the best, or even perhaps... Perhaps you're in love, question mark? In any case, Capricorn, it will be even easier than usual for you to communicate with others and share your joy. Let the good, good times roll. And for the weekly, this week begins on a sensual and indulgent note when the Sun and Mercury enter Taurus on Monday, letting you in your pleasure zone where you'll be in for the next couple weeks. This is an entertaining time because you'll be able to express yourself create uh, creatively without losing your head with wild ideas enjoy yourself don't be afraid to get a little physical romance continues to enter uh mars on friday well where will it be with the next six weeks Mars enters your partnership zone, encouraging you to seek a partner if you haven't already found one. However, be warned, this period could also unleash your competitive side. Stay calm, Capricorn. Be careful when Mercury squares Jupiter and Saturn in Aquarius on Sunday. This aspect could have you writing checks you can't cover. Don't promise to buy something or spend money until you're positive that you actually have the money. Okay, Uh, don't spend money. Okay, that's a check. I got that. I probably won't be spending money this week. That's good.
0: Okay. That's good to know. Oh, yeah. All right.
2: Mystic Elvis has spoken. <laughs>
0: yes. Thank you, Mystic Elvis. And um, I don't know. Is that all? Is that all the topics we got for the week.
2: I think we hit everything, unless you want to do a tarot reading. Um. <laughs>
0: I don't know if I'm if I'm quite ready for a tarot reading, but um yeah, that ladies and gentlemen uh, was our horoscopes for the week and the day and tomorrow and obviously this will wrap up uh, this week's episode of the bootcast. It's the part one edition, uh, but make sure you guys stay tuned because for the rest of the week, we do have content available. Uh, of course, uh, Gator and I will be doing our classic pay-per-view review. This week, we are going to be looking at taking a look at WCW Fall Brawl 1998 is going to be coming out, so make sure you guys uh, are ready to check that out that'll be dropping this week as well as we'll have our recaps of nxt and we should have john tumblin returning to nxt uh this week so Woo-hoo. the two of us will be teaming up for that and of course Elvis Delinsky will be teaming up with Desmond Dagenhart to recap this week's AEW. So we got all that coming your way this week. And, of course, um, make sure you are following us on Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, and Google Podcasts. Check us out on all those platforms. Pick the one that's your favorite. Follow us on all four if you'd like. And, of course, like us on Facebook. Go to Facebook.com slash TheBoochCast. Check out all the archived episodes of the show as well as the great content that we put up there. My recent episode of Complain Time has dropped. Uh, it's called uh, Twitch's Community Guidelines. Check it out. It's going to be a hell of a great time. Also, make sure you're following us on Twitter and Instagram at TheBoochCast. Check out the latest tweets, photos, and videos. We'll put up Elvis's, uh, that big screen TV he bought a while back. We'll be sure to put that up there. Also on the Facebook page, we'll put some of these Mortal Kombat videos up there so you can see a little bit of what we were talking about about Uh, those will probably come out later in the week so check those out also we subscribe to the youtube channel as i said before we got the new episodes of boochcast reviews dark side of the ring coming out this week we have the slap heard round the world we've got herb abrams and the uwf and the last Ride of the Road Warriors. Those are going to be the videos coming out this week on the Boochcast YouTube channel. So make sure you guys subscribe. Check out all the other videos we got as well. And of course, make sure you are following us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash the Boochcast. Check out the latest episodes we got on there. We have, um, I believe, to my knowledge, the Wrestlemania stuff might still be up there. If they're not, they'll be on the YouTube channel very soon. So uh, be on the lookout for them. But of course, that's what we, we do. Our wrestling watch parties next one will be wwe SummerSlam, and then of course we have our uh dnd show which will be coming there soon but like i said before we may have a couple one shots coming along the way so we're not we're not active on twitch all the time but still make sure you're following us there for when we do go live you can check us out also support the show through patreon go to patreon.com slash theboochcast we have great rewards for great patrons for as little as one dollar a month that's all you can do one dollar a month you can help us grow the show and keep it going you can help us upgrade the equipment we can bring in big name guests we can uh take care of the guys who work behind the scenes on this show everybody that works hard uh, if you feel these guys are deserving of a paycheck uh Patreon. It's how you can make that happen. Also, if you got some extra spending cash, you want to take advantage of some of the other rewards we got, please feel free to do so. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, aka the Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been the Booch Cast. We'll talk to you guys good next time. We'll talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza baby.
2: Pizza baby. And don't forget to play, ladies and gentlemen. Good night. And goodbye. <laughs>
1: Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all. Goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. Adieu. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu. all i a la Proche and goodbye till when we meet again.